Hello, everyone, and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. This is our first episode back in a while. We took a little bit of a hiatus. And as you can tell, I am very excited to be back with some new content for our listeners. In this episode, look at us teaming up twice in one day. I figured, you know, what better way to come back from a hiatus, recognize Thanksgiving and the start of the holiday season with a real family-friendly episode. Super family-friendly, in fact, because my guests are my parents, Lori and Patrick. We had a really fun conversation about Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it for you. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving a rating and review, and you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at anidea underscore podcast. Enjoy the episode. I am TK of New York, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. I'm a high school teacher by day, and I'm also a huge fan of pop culture. And this is There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast that finds itself at the place where those two things meet. Join me and some special guests as we explore the MCU through concepts in the humanities. Spoiler alert, one of those concepts is intertextuality, and as such, each episode of this podcast will likely contain spoilers for multiple films in the MCU. Thinkers, inquirers, and lovers of entertainment, assemble. Today I have a couple of guests with me. They are Lori and Patrick, a high school teacher and an IT professional. And more importantly, they are my mom and dad. Hello, TK. Hi, Tara. How are you Good today? Good to be here today. Good. Thank you for thank you for agreeing to do this with me. I know that um, I know that this is your your first time guesting on a podcast like this, so it's very exciting, and uh, I'm excited to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp with you today. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Before we start, why don't you each take a moment to share a little bit about your relationship to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and or Marvel in general. So as you know, for me, uh, it takes a lot for me to sit through a movie. Um, That's very challenging for me. However, I have seen Iron Man and can talk a little bit about Iron Man. I remember a lot of the scenes. Mm -hmm. That's it for the Marvel movies. Um, But exposure to Marvel in general has been something that goes back to when I was a tiny child, I'd say probably about three years old. Uh, my brother collected Marvel comics um, for many, many years. And I, in, in fact, he still does. And as you know, your brother, uh, David, also collected uh, Marvel comics and still has a collection today. Okay. So I I don't know if I'm a comic Marvel fan, but I like superheroes. I've always watched when I was a kid, I watched Superman, uh, Spider-Man, cartoon. I guess I'm a superhero fan, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of comes from comics and uh, like sci-fi stuff. But I never really made a distinction between DC, Marvel. Mm-hmm. To me, it was comics. And then when these movies came out, of course, I would watch it. And until I was watching your podcast, didn't really know there was a Marvel universe. <laughs> Or what exactly they're, you know, what the Marvel Universe is. Right, that they were all connected in some way. I had no idea they were connected. Uh, Kind of, sort of, maybe they were a little connected. Obviously, Iron Man was in one movie and another movie, but the stories were a lot more connected than I thought. 
oh, it was all these things all premeditated from when they started the first, was it Iron Man that started it? What yeah, was? yeah, 2008, yeah. Right, so 2008, did they, was it, there was no Marvel Universe, right? Or was that the start of it and they said, hey, we're going to have a Marvel Universe and put out 20 Yeah, I mean, films? at the time, I don't think anybody involved could have predicted that it would get to the place of... 20 plus and and continuing to grow multiple phases um but there was a hope that that iron man would be successful enough to result in an increasing universe um there was a plan for it to grow and because of the success it just continued to grow and grow and grow and it and it still does and it, and from the beginning it, this whole avenger idea was was there or you know iron man one it was good so we'll make iron man two make Iron Man 3. No, the the idea of having a team with uh, multiple Avengers was intentional, that they would have Iron Man and Hulk being like the first two, and that Fury would be the connection, uh, and then Thor came after. So, I mean, Iron Man 2 came after Hulk before Thor, but they were planning to have Thor and Captain America movies uh, within those first couple of years. Okay. Yeah. So, thank you. Now, this movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I know for you, Mom, this was your first time seeing this movie and and your first time seeing one of these MCU films that was not Iron Man, right? Yes. Um, and I think you had said you, you had seen it, but... Yeah, no, I saw, I saw it. Um, it was funny. I didn't have much interest in but um, initially, and I don't know why, but eventually it was the only one I didn't see, so I went and watched it. Right, right, it was, right. It was the only one in the series that I missed really so this past week i know you guys watched a couple times i watched it a couple <laughs> times um what did you think of it this most recent time so i i i really liked it and while i again to only have the only other movie to compare it to within the mcu is iron man um and i really really liked iron man i'd have to say i really loved this movie and the reason probably more so is because of the family loyalty you know, obviously, right, being a mom and, um, you know, knowing how it feels to see everyone love each other <laughs> and be there for each other um, and hearing some of the conversation between dad and daughter and then mother and daughter just is very warm and cushy for me. And again, you know, being a Marvel movie, then tying in all of the, um, you know, science fiction and all of the you know, graphics and, and sound and obviously is it, it was, was very exciting as well. Uh, I liked the movie. It wasn't my favorite in this series. Maybe I wasn't a, a all gung-ho to even watch it. it. It seemed to me it was going to be, and maybe it is a, more of a kiddie movie than, mm -hmm. than the rest of them. I, I, it's not, was, I thought it was going to be more like, you know, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> right. But it, it was good. There's some good... I, I like the movies because of the chase scenes and the special effects and the those kinds of things anyway. So yeah. there was a lot of that in this movie. There's some really good action scenes and visuals in this movie for sure. Yeah, kind of along the same lines as, as what you were just saying. I'll be honest, at the first couple times I saw the movie, it didn't really stand out to me. And um, it's interesting you said more of a kiddie movie because... Um, all of the MCU movies are rated PG-13, but there are some that, uh, let's say the Spider-Mans, for example, that seem to gear more toward your kind of high school audience, whereas something like the Ant-Man ones seem like they could, they could go even younger. There's certainly stuff in there that 
older people can enjoy, as, as we all know. But there's also aspects to them that I think if I had little kids, I would be more inclined to have their gateway into MCU be Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp because you have a, a main character who is preteen and some of the the comedy is gears much much younger and i i think that there is an aspect of that that mcu varies in tone across and uh, i don't think they they want to leave any age out right mm-hmm. so if they have some of the movies that the tone and the mood skews a little bit younger i, I think that that's all part of the multi-billion dollar plan um so to speak <laughs> but yeah so it didn't really stand out to me at first i i didn't dislike it by any means um but thinking about it within the the scope of the larger universe it just wasn't at the same level for me and and part of the reason why i think is that i was struggling to find a lot of the same concepts and themes and questions and so on that i i love about so many of the mc mcu movies um but i will say on my most recent rewatch and in preparing for the podcast, I've really come to appreciate it more on, on a couple different levels. Uh, so much of this movie is is genuinely fun. As you were saying, the action is great. I really enjoy a lot of the characters. They're funny. And I, I will also share that I was struggling a little bit with thinking about how to approach this episode of the podcast. And I, I hadn't done an episode on Ant-Man in my first season Although I think I could have, it could have fit with that kind of origin identity story. But I knew I wanted to look at this one as one of the team up movies that was kind of more dealing with relationships as opposed to um, individuals. But a lot of the questions that we've been digging into in our other episodes this season don't necessarily fit with this one. Like we've been talking a lot about what it means to be an Avenger and how the Avengers operate. And this one is a little bit outside of that. So I had been expressing a little bit of this struggle with my friend Colleen, actually, who is a friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. and basically asked me, you know, what's the movie about? And I said, it's really kind of just about family. You know, what, what is it about in terms of concepts? And so Colleen had suggested, like, somewhat jokingly at first, that I bring on some family as my guests and take that angle to it. So, uh, so here we are. Thank you, Colleen. So a little bit of context before we dig in. Ant-Man and the Wasp was released in the summer of 2018, only a few months after Infinity War. These are two MCU movies about as drastically different in tone and mood as you can get. Uh, We were previously introduced to the characters and the world of this movie in 2015's Ant-Man. The character of Scott Lang also appeared in Captain America Civil War, in which he didn't have a big part, but he did have a giant part. The Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus for this movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which uh, I never usually share or even really pay attention to, uh, but I think that this this really kind of captures how I see the movie. And it says, quote, a lighter, brighter superhero movie powered by the effortless charisma of Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, Ant-Man and the Wasp offers a much-needed MCU palate cleanser. And I, I think that's a pretty good assessment, especially after coming from a movie like Infinity War, which is uh, not light and bright at all. In fact, it's uh, the darkest that this franchise ever really gets. So so let's talk about it. I got my, I got, I got oh, some okay. quotes ready. So, uh, so I, I think we'll start with uh, talking a little bit about the themes of parenthood, family, and sacrifice, which are present across all of the MCU. There's a lot of, of family, parent, child, legacy stuff going on in the MCU for both heroes and villains, even Thanos. It's a a big theme. 
And in this movie in particular, even though it's presented in a much lighter way, these ideas of parenthood and family come up in a few different ways. So there are a few major relationships that demonstrate these themes. There's, of course, Scott Lang and his daughter Cassie, Hank and Janet and Hope. There's also the relationship between Bill Foster and Ava, who are going to operate a little bit more as the antagonists of the film. So I wanted to ask you guys uh, what scenes and or quotes stand out to you for some of these relationships and what ideas or messages about the themes do you think that, that these scenes express? So being a mom, a couple of scenes stood out to me that I could almost feel the energy that the um, characters were feeling. And the, the first one was, a, was a, a short scene where Ava as a young child, with her mom and dad, um, while her dad was about to explode, mm -hmm. blow up the um, realm, I guess, that he tried to build, the tunnel that he tried sure. to build. And um, where the mom took the little girl, you know, took Ava away, because dad said, you know, go, I don't want to harm anybody. And, you know, the, the feeling that you can see that he felt to want to protect his wife and child. But yet again, then the daughter running back, because her dad was her dad, and, and she didn't want to leave him. And then, of course, the result was so awful that she lost both her mom and dad, and, and she survived. That was very, you know, hit me, because, again, as a mom, and looking at the relationships between, you know, the dad and the daughter. Cassie, now, with, with her dad, is, is another story. Um, I really felt the urgency for him to have to pick up that, that 911 call. When he oh, was tied mm -hmm. up um, by Ava and Bill, and you know, he said it, it must be an emergency, and, and his quote was, "Cassie, are you okay? What's the emergency?" And she says, "I can't find my soccer shoes." And then you know, his ex-wife, I guess, wants mm -hmm. him to help, and he can't, and he says it's because he's sick. And she says, uh, "You know, feel better, Dad." And he says, "Bye, Peanut." You know, and that whole relationship. Um, which is so adorable, on top of the fact that the urgency of having to get the phone call. As a mom myself, when I see a text message coming from my child who are from either of my children who are grown, I have I feel that urgency to have to see it right away. Um, so that was that was one thing. Um, the other thing at the very end, when you know they they truly Cassie and, and her dad are truly a team. You know, when he says thanks for covering for me, mm -hmm. um, and she wants to be her dad's partner. You know, and then he yeah, explains, that was cute. Yeah, he explains, I want to help people like my dad. You know, when, when actually sh she said that. Sorry, I said he. But then there was that other interaction. You can do anything. When he said he didn't know how to help hope, and she said you can do anything, Dad. Um, so that's really like you know to see that you know mm -hmm. as a mom, you know, and just like I see you and your father interact. You know, it's it's very very it just hits me. You know, again as a family perspective. Right now, I'm thinking about how I texted you late last night about. <laughs> Uh, kind of an emergency I had in the kitchen that really wasn't an emergency. It was more on the on the soccer shoes yeah. level. So. Absolutely, absolutely. It's electricity involved. Yeah, it, it's all okay. It's all okay. By the way, um, we'll talk about that later off microphone. All right, I think that you're you're hitting on a couple of the key scenes that I also wanted to talk a little bit about. But um, I'm I'm also curious that to hear uh, if there were any particular scenes that uh, or quotes uh, that stuck out to you. Um. Well, I like the scene, and, and I guess the whole Scott Lang problem started in Ant-Man, where it seems like he has a little trouble growing up, kind of, mm -hmm. right? 
in the Ant Man wasn't. I was trying to re- watching this movie, trying to figure out his ex wife and the, the other guy was a cop. Yeah, right? her new her new husband. Yeah, right. And she treats him like he's just a little kid. I'm dropping my kid off for a play date, and then <laughs> right. and then you know he's building these tunnels with uh, you know laser yeah. beams and right and um, Anton Anton. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought that that was great, but and then they go down the slide. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that looked pretty fun. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> and then he ends up uh, triggering the alarm, right? And that's kind of been his, his problem or his theme was he's always trying to do something good and messes up and gets into trouble, right? So that's just his constantly trying to do something and get, and and getting making things worse by right. trying to help. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting too that that you're kind of noticing that he, uh, like I like how you said it about like he's he's kind of struggling to grow up in a certain way because even you know he he's working with Hope and Hank and he he started working with them in the first Ant Man movie but there are moments where they've almost got like no patience for him because he just doesn't seem to. Uh, they're taking things very seriously, and, and I guess you know the stakes are very high for them because in, in this movie they're trying to get Janet out. Right, and then he gave away the location of the right the lab. Right, right, and, and then he's kind of like, I have to go home because of this, and so yeah, there's right a couple in the moments of a where disaster. I got to go home, and, and yeah. then he wants to take a nap in the San Francisco Bay. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, that's because he gets tired. Right, because his, his what, suit what he, was malfunctioning. Right, right. right. But but I see what you're saying. His suit malfunctioning. There's a couple of things now that actually I'm noticing. His suit malfunctioning, and um, particularly when he has to go to the elementary school and he's walking around looking <laughs> like a toddler in the oversized clothes, right, are almost like visual cues that are, are kind right. of... And there was a he's quote, the silly one. Quote about... Uh, if Cap could see you now. Yes, Something exactly. Like right, because he's he's all talking big because he got to fight with Captain America. And Hope even says to him, like, he had kind of made that decision, which is in the Captain America Civil War movie. They kind of go after Ant-Man as an ally. And um, Hope even kind of says to him, like, you know, you went and did that and you didn't ask me to join you. And so it, it kind of seems like they have some tension over that. And um, Right, and then she says something about it, you know... If I went, if you, I went. You wouldn't have got caught. Yes, exactly. Right. I had that. I had right. that quote as well. Yep. Which, of course, is like a bantery kind of thing <laughs> right. to say, but may, but maybe it's true um, because they certainly do work very well together. But yeah, you always get the sense that Hope and, and Hank take things a little bit more uh, seriously than he does. But you know, all of that being said, too, um, it's it's clear that his central motivation, above all, is to make sure that he is doing right by uh, by his daughter. But what's interesting to me is that there is a there's a place where his desire to do right by her and his desire to be a hero like the avengers and to save the day and to be a superhero kind of come into conflict because in that scene that you were talking about before mom you were talking about uh you know where cassie is like i want to be your partner and this and that and uh he he says to her if I let you, I would be a terrible dad. Right. And and he and he even says, like, I, I know you'd be a great partner, but if I let you, I would be a terrible dad. And so he's thinking about that aspect, like, how how do I be a good uh, role model in that way mm-hmm. and take care of her, protect her, whatever. 
And then she says, well, I think you should help Hope and them. Right. Um, right. And that's kind of the place where if he wants to be a superhero and go save the day as Ant-Man, he maybe has to separate out a little bit his goals as just Scott of, of being a, a good dad. But the interesting part is that then in helping other people, she even says to him, it's not dumb to help other people. He's right. like, I'm always doing these dumb things. And you're right. Like, he does a lot of dumb right. things, right? And then she but wants she, to, and she ultimately wants to be like her dad and help people. Exactly, right? Uh, yeah. She's like, trying to help people is not dumb. And then she says right. that line at, toward the end. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of interesting. I wanted to talk about Hank Pym and and uh, Dick Van Dyke there, whatever her name is. <laughs> Oh, no. Hope Van Dyne or Janet Van Dyne? Either one. Now, that's the first thing. Why is one Van Dyne and one? Pimble? Yeah, that, that's that's just uh, because they were both professionals, and she. Yeah. So he and, so, and so his she wife took his name. Right. right. They just she was a scientist. She, she, just she as, was a scientist too. They were both scientists and somewhat superheroes or whatever. So they had you know different last names, and right, then but Hope. In the movies people writers thought it was important to comics. The comics. Yeah. They did in the comics, so they follow the comics. Right. So the comics, right. There is, an, in the first Ant-Man movie, Hope's relationship with her dad is very strained. So she has the Van Dyne name as a way of, like, honoring her mom and because she's really distant with her dad at that point. And I think it's important that this movie opens with the two of them, right? He's giving the narration to her, hey, here's what really happened, because he had lied to her her whole life about where where her mom had gone. And she had a lot of resentment. So he um, never told her about the blowing up in the missile, or I, I mean, not until the beginning of this movie. Her idea that she could possibly be alive didn't happen until the beginning the very of this. beginning of this movie. Yeah, which is meant to take place at the end of the last one because she's got that short haircut. <laughs> That's not very cute, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the haircut she had in the first movie, and then some time is supposed to have gone by, well, right? Right. He's he's been on in jail ant-man's been in jail or house arrest for two years for two years right so exactly like a two-year lapse and um hope and hank are on the run because uh it was their technology that uh scott had had used in germany in the civil war movies mm-hmm. the sokovia accords all that so. so that's why they were at because it, it was their technology that's why the fbi was right so the so yeah exactly the the government wants any and all people involved with superhero activity um, because of the the Sokovia Accords and people like Scott kind of took a took a deal uh, with house arrest because you know he had a kid and he wanted to hang out with his kid and they tell you in another movie that Clint Barton who is Hawkeye did the same thing and I, I started to say um, you know Hope even though she was mad at her dad at some point like I don't know if you noticed in that scene where they were tied up where he started to like gasp or touch his heart and she was like oh my gosh it's his heart he needs his pills right right like right. she was like very you know again but it turned out to be all caring bull, bull crap. well <laughs> caring for her <laughs> which, dad which and also sure shows that their dad, their relationship right, that they were the, and you I know, guess that's planning the, it together and communicating that exactly I, I didn't understand why after thirty years they decide that the mother was could be still alive or at least. Hope had no idea, but well, but, so but Scott he, saw that Scott was, uh, saw her. Him doing? He Scott was, heard her. Yes, in the beginning um, of the movie, Scott but, heard her right, and he called. It was, and don't but, you remember when he got there? He had there, already started building the the tunnel because he. It's once he tells his daughter what really happened that they decide to. Well, but and he, also he the got other, some idea about that she might. 
he might be able to bring her back because Scott because came back. Because Scott came back, exactly. And so that's why in, they didn't know. And it was, when it first happened 30 years ago, he didn't sit there and say, geez, maybe uh, I can get her back in the quantum realm. No. But, and as well, in the beginning of this movie, Scott had the connection with and then, her. Right. And, and then, then and that's when he shows up and Hope says, oh, you know, Dad was doing this and this and this and this. And then you called because they got the message. Right. And he wasn't supposed to have any contact with them whatsoever uh, right. because of the deal with his with his house arrest. But he, uh, right, she was right, in his so head. you got to watch all the movies with us so you can explain all these things. <laughs> so the, well, I, I just, I, I, I do but. want to take a scene, which is kind of, not a scene, it was it was three seconds. It was more a quote with a, a, a quick flash. Uh, Blast from the past for me is Stanley. That's right, yep. Rest in peace. Which, um, you know, where, you, you had to do a Stanley um, uh, podcast about all his all the, all one-liners. During the chase scene, they flash to him in the middle of the street, and he says, well, the 60s were great, but now I'm paying for it. And I just thought, I loved it. I loved it, I yeah. loved it, because Stanley was a big part of our household growing up with my brother and, right, right, and, right. and the Marvel Comics. And like I said, rest in peace, Stanley. Yeah, so he, right, he, um, and I you know you haven't seen all of them. And on the podcast, we we haven't really talked about his cameos too much. Um, but yeah, he does a, cam- a cameo in, in each of these movies. You know, a- after he passed, they're kind of gonna, I think they're gonna continue doing it with like, pieces of, mm-hmm. of uh, things that he's recorded before for creepy. well and i mean i mean speaking of creepy too right i mean all the de-aging technology on uh, michael douglas and michelle pfeiffer uh, in this movie yeah. like they, yeah. the technology has come pretty far it still looks a little Do uncanny my, I, I i love both of those um actor actress i like them a lot michael douglas and they're great they work very yeah. well in Good this job. movie too and I, I think that is that is part of what elevates this movie above just kind of your your standard like and Paul Rudd, I like silly. him too. He's good. He's yeah, good. yeah it's the, the actors are are really uh, are really solid. I have a funny Lewis quote. Oh, Luis, yeah, he's Luis. the best. Yeah, um, who put the plates at the top rack? They don't belong there. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Um, great comedic relief. Yep, he, and, uh, he was good. He was his really, little, really good. His little monologues, the storytelling he does. They uh, the, did the, that in the first movie the, too. The story about where is Scott Lang. <laughs> And then goes through the whole history. Uh, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really good with the, with the truth, truth serum. serum. It, it's not. Truth oh my serum. gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was yeah, great. That was, that was really, really good. I like the other ex cons too. That they have yeah. um, some funny uh, back and uh, forth about Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Uh, <laughs> and when he's in the van with Hope, and he offers her the Pez. Yeah, yeah. I like good. when he's it's like, uh, "I want a suit." Like it doesn't even have to have any powers. <laughs> just like a just like <laughs> a suit. Yeah, he started out with minimal powers, and then just a suit. Just a suit. Um, he's good. He's a, a great, great actor too. Yeah, but you know, again, watching this movies, uh, watching that, this movie a couple gives it times, some of the lightness and funniness. Yeah, that, ex- exactly. And kids would eat that up. I mean, and then when the Pez gets big, you know, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. that's delightful. Yep. Even if you're not a little kid, it would certainly be uh, very cool to see. Another blast from the past. I have another one. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, when when Scott's at the drums. And the, oh and yeah, Cosby, and they're playing the Partridge Family song in the background. That's right, Hello World. Yeah, and then at the very end, when he goes to pick up his daughter, they play that song again. Um, so the little again flash from the you know blast from the past. I like that little touch. Yeah, 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 definitely. That, again, making it light and fun and all of those yeah, things. Boomer music. <laughs> Wait, what type of music? Boomer, boomer music. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty timeless. Oh, we, we. I just mentioned the Pez. I also wanted to mention the Salt Shaker and the first yeah, fight scene yeah. with mm-hmm. Wasp. Mm-hmm. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it was about the same as the Pez kind of thing. Yeah, that whole kitchen fight scene was really, really cool. I like that with the Ant-Man and the Wasp, because of their suits and because of their 
their unique superhero abilities compared with some of the others. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the fight scenes and the action yeah, scenes are a little different. Yeah, a lot of shrinking and growing yeah. in the scene where somebody punches, they shrink, and then punches the guy next to her. Yeah. The, oh, the best is the, what I thought was the best is the, um, the cars, the collection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was really Matchbox, good. The Hot Wheels co- collection. Yeah, that was really, really good. That was awesome. And then that how the lab good. shrinks and like it's and like and a rolly suitcase. Yeah, with a handle on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really, really uh, fun little stuff like that that ma- that makes this movie uh, fun to it's fun to rewatch. So, and please continue to jump in with little things can, like can that. Can we talk anytime. about Ghost? Ghost, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like watching the movie the first time, the Ghost thing just seemed like it came out of nowhere. Uh, in other words, it was like. Some other movie, yeah. With the ghost, like you know, did you really need a ghost? Um, they they could have played up the the gangster uh, guy a little and left the ghost out. I'm thinking, right? Yep, it, right. We didn't need mo- necess- Well, we didn't necessarily need multiple antagonists, right. right? So, what I guess was there more of a connection with the ghost? Is ghost another Marvel superhero? Oh, where where's Ghost in the universe? Yeah, Ghost is a character from the comics, and I don't know much about that. But I, you know, and I, I'm kind of with you. The first time I saw this, I didn't really connect with that story, and it felt a little like we didn't necessarily need the whole Bill and Ava thing and the gangster guy thing. Like, maybe we could have had one or the other. Watching it again most recently, I think it, it actually does really work for me because Ghost... Seems at first a little bit more like a traditional Marvel villain because she's got a suit, right? And she's got some powers, although you learn it's not. Yeah, yeah, her powers are more of a symptom of like this awful pain that she has, a problem that she has. But she was a trained assassin for S.H.I.E.L.D. For S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. Or or was it really Hydra? Well, again, right, S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated by Hydra at so many points. But but yeah, I mean, Black Widow was a a trained operative for S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Um, Sometimes... S.H.I.E.L.D. was training people for for good reasons to take out the bad guys. Uh, But that being said, it did seem like S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of manipulated her and used her for experiments and things like that when she tells her story here. So, so yeah, so you get, like, there's a place where she can be kind of a compelling villain, right? Because she's got, you know, like all good villains, has kind of this complicated backstory and, like, of what might make her, uh, you know, go bad or, or make decisions that most people wouldn't make, right? So she thinks that, it would, uh, <laughs> the dog, the dog Cassie, not Scott's daughter, but the dog Cassie is here making some noise. Okay, she just settled down. Um, <laughs> that was her. <laughs> Sorry. Casserole. Casserole. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, you know, Ava is kind of willing to do whatever it takes to just kind of make herself feel better, even if it means kind of uh, baiting Scott by kidnapping Cassie and all that. And of course, Bill who uh, is, is her, you know, surrogate father figure is like, I'm not, I'm not with you at that level, right? That's, that's where my loyalty to you is, is done. Like, if you take that step, I can't work with you anymore. And so that's where we're supposed to be like, okay, you know, she clearly is capable of villainy to some extent. But then, of course, at the end of this movie, you know, she, Janet is able to heal her and then they're helping her in the mid-credits scene. So it's interesting that she's not really much of a traditional villain at all. And that that way, I think that the gangster guys, right, you have to have somebody who gets punished. Um, so it's kind of, you've got this triangulation of who we think are 
the good guys and we kind of think there's two teams of bad guys or morally ambiguous guys and then you know at the end they obviously the gangsters get punished and then the the villain with the tragic backstory is able to kind of be redeemed because we never really saw her do anything that bad um, she she attempted was, to a few times, and right? Bill, and Bill was and like, "That's no, where he was not happening." Right. Draw but the I, line. I thought it was kind of a stretch that she was all against Hank Pym because of the father got fired or whatever, and yeah. she blames the whole thing on Hank because you know the guy used to work with Hank. Yeah, so I was struggling with that part too. Kind you of, know, they could have made it more about. Her thinking, or, or the Bill guy talking her into that Hank could help her. Yes. Why did they, you know, at first it was one point it was like because he hated her, hit him. Those two guys he, didn't get along, right? He was trying to get back at uh, Hank. She was trying to get back at Hank at one point. But then she also, I guess his technology was going to help her somehow. Yeah. But, but if Bill... If they had just kind of worked together, right? Hey, Hank, you know, uh, we think your technology will help this poor girl who's, you know, this ghost thing. Um, Of course, Hank would have said, oh, yeah, sure, no problem, right? But I'm going to flip that, right? If if it was that way, there'd be less action, right? There would be more fights because of it. Right. I I think we're supposed... For the movie itself. For the movie itself. Yeah, right. But I think think it is a little bit of of a stretch in part, in points, because I had that thought, too, like... If Bill and Hank had just kind of talked to each other, you know, they could have used the technology for good. And then probably there was a little disconnect between Bill helping her. And then when they came to see him, he he gave them the way to track the lab. Meanwhile, if he's helping Ava steal the lab, why would he be helping them track the lab? Right. So I'm yeah, confused about I, that. I agree. There it, there was a little bit of contrivance there that like he needed to kind of be a, a rival of Hank, but at the same time he's not really on an opposite side of Hank. And then yeah, there there was a couple of, of yeah. things there. And and again, the first time I saw it too, I, that's part of what took me out of it was like I was like, Oh my god, they're all after this lab and they're just all run, chasing after this lab and so Which, I uh, that was a uh, I thought was a good quote was when they were down in the wharf, Scott said something like uh, has anybody seen a southern gentleman carrying a building? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good one. Yeah, that was good. That was really yeah. good, yeah. yeah. I also like when he asks, do you guys just put quantum in front yeah, of everything? I, I, I wrote that down. <laughs> that too. was good, too. That was also good, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, the the villainy or not of Ghost and some of the plot contrivances around that story um, are are maybe one of the weaker weaker points of the of the movie, but... I do like how her story with Bill, the very last scene with them. Where he won't leave her. He won't leave her. And I, I kind of felt like that was, you know, he, he wasn't with her when she was going to operate on a level that was too much for him morally, right? He, he was okay with maybe like withholding information or he was okay with like maybe some ambiguously like stealing of tech or whatever it may be, but being sketchy, but he wasn't going to be okay with kidnapping but then in the end right uh he she she's saying hey i've hurt people before and like leave me i can kind of just get caught or whatever and and he he's not going to do that to her so i thought that fit in with some of these other themes we were talking about like this relationship between father and daughter not that they're you know related he was more of a i'm taking care of you but it could have been a stronger feeling than just 
just an average, you know, uh, I'm your boss, boss or, or friend or whatever. Right. right. He had kind of known her since childhood and had, right. and so, had and helped that to... kind of leads you to believe why he wouldn't leave her. Right. Whereas, you know, different different relationship, he may have said, yeah, go ahead, see you later. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that kind of, you know, paralleled some of the other stories nicely. And this this relationship between parenthood, family, you know, and, and, uh, and self-sacrifice. Another one of the questions that I had, um, maybe considering all of that, who are the heroes in this movie? And, and, and what does it mean to be a hero? And in our other episodes, we've talked a lot about what it means to be an, an Avenger. And it's a... It's a similar question because Scott as Ant-Man and, and Hope as the Wasp are Avengers in their own right. They fight in Avengers Endgame. So what does it mean to be a hero is a really hard question to ask, to answer. Um, however, I feel that, you know, anybody who can help, help out in a situation to make that situation better could be heroic, right? Um, there are so many heroes here, I think. You know, in, in so many ways, right? There's and 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 that's that's not to say, you know, the entire movie, uh, Scott was a hero, but Scott was a hero in so many ways, right? Because he solved the algorithms, he had the coordinates of where she was going to be, and how much time you know, where Janet was going to be, and how much time she was going to be there, and obviously he. Um, showed up to help Hank and Hope when they were being held by the FBI. Uh, there was a point when they were in the van where he said, we need to make a list. We have to have a list so that we can get this done in the right amount of time so that we can get to Janet. Um, he obviously fights the ghost and he gets two, the lab. Two-way two fight the ghost. What's that? Wasn't that two-way on his list? Right, that was two A was to fight oh, the ghost. Oh, 2A, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, so so he's a hero. I mean, like he did yeah. so much, right? Um, I, you know, little things. Then you know, Hope was a hero because she was able to wake Scott up at, when he was at the bottom of the bay when his suit was malfunctioning. Lewis was a hero because he remembered about the the remote for the lab, right? Because you had to t- change the size of the lab. Uh, Hank was a hero because he went in and he got Janet, right? And then even when he had that kind of out of realm experience, yeah, that was when, interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and he he, Janet said hello, honey, to him, and 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 then um, there was another quote um, that he sees his daughter, and he goes jelly bean, right? And then Hope says to 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 you know he goes mom, you know, because it's like they were all like in in a house somewhere out of the realm, yeah. but then you know he was still doing his job inside there to get to get her out. So there was I think there were so many heroes here. Well, that's an um, interesting one too. Not to not to interrupt you too much, but it, the experience of going into the quantum realm seems like it's uh, very trippy. To, like at the very, like, it almost seemed like he was in a nightmare, right? right? And then and then Janet we find is maybe like superheroed in her own way because she's got these powers now that she's able to like touch him and like knock him out of it right and then she does the same at the end too with ghosts and then of course she's definitely a hero because in so many ways because she's in there for 30 years and she comes out like nothing ever happened although she did say she was different because the realm changes you but then she cured you know the ghost right she cured ava so like i don't know like who's the hero here i think so many people are hero i mean so many and then i could even go into the lower level of cassie even being a hero in so many ways right because she did everything she could to protect her dad in those situations, or at least that one situation where he right. wasn't upstairs, but he was upstairs. Um, so I, I just look at so many of the characters here as being. Yeah, heroes. and she and she catalyzes. Uh, she's she serves as the catalyst for him then to mm-hmm. go and help too. So yeah, I mean, and I think that kind of gets gets to that question, right? Like the acts of of heroism can be small, or they can be big yeah, and exactly. traditionally related with being a, a superhero. 
Which is not to say that, you know, to a certain extent, right, and, and not in a movie like this where clearly all of those people are heroes in the movie. Right. But to a certain extent, like, in life, or, or if everybody's a hero, then it kind of takes away the meaning of that word, right? Yes, so absolutely. you also have to kind of consider, but I think you're, you're hitting on... Uh, something that all those people have in common, which is they're all willing to sacrifice. Exactly. Right. But in, in the movie business or the movie heroes, right, it goes back to, you know, the old days that uh, where the poor girls tied on the railroad tracks and along comes the hero to save, save. And that idea of the hero always saving the day, whatever it is, say, saving somebody, coming to the rescue. That's, to me, all these movies are, yeah. are, are kind of about that. Or, uh, you know, and, and I think just movies in general, that's how the heroes are portrayed is more than, than uh, you know, that average right. uh, hero, I'll right. call it, like an average hero. Right, right, right. Just, right. We're talking about superheroes. Superheroes, not, yes. Right? And mean, often... The Avengers, they're, they're saving the whole planet from, from an invasion, you know, so it, it takes a little more than just... Um, doing the you, doing the right thing, right? Or, like, or the, calling the police department. Uh, right, um, right. Know, call 911 when, when you're being invaded by monsters from outer space. Yes, right. and it, and a lot of the saving, right, and the saving is often at, at the risk of something bad happening to yourself, right? And, oh, that was casserole again. Uh, and so I think that that's, that's a part of it too, right? The, that they're willing to sort of say, I, there, I, there might be consequences for me, but I'm willing to do it. And that's why I think Captain America is one of the biggest heroes in the whole franchise is because that's kind of like his line through and through like some of the other Avengers here and there, like they, they sometimes struggle with like, Oh man, if there's going to be negative consequences for me, how much am I willing to risk? Um, and, and he's, he's one of the ones who just like always has his eye on like, you know, I'm, I'm going to save the day. That's why he's you, Captain America. You, but you think, you think some of the other ones uh, don't, are not as um, self or sacrificing? Um, I think there's there's moments I mean, right I, I at the know. end of, at the end of the movies right we all know where they where they land right. but there's moments of struggle I think for yeah, some of them uh, I remember the Hulk in one of the movies um, when he became Banner I guess he got beat up by Thanos right or mm -hmm. uh, and then he didn't want to fight anymore yeah. and uh, he couldn't get the Hulk to come out because the, the Hulk was was basically afraid the Hulk was afraid yeah yeah the Hulk right. was like I got so, beat I don't want to get beat again yeah right, so. So I'm curious, though, from either track, one of your perspectives, do you think one person was a hero here more than anybody else? Or I don't think so. No. 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 Just curious. No, I, I think... Uh, I, I think what doesn't get a lot of credit in this movie is the ants. Yeah, that's true. The ants <laughs> really true, help. Uh, right? They, they built the... Yes. They really built the, the quantum true. tunnel machine. Yeah, right? it's the true. Ants, and how many times did the ants rescue, rescue them, right? They... Um, yeah. Brought the suit into the jail. And then that was um, what Hank used to track right, the lab at right. the end. And uh, the best was the ant in the bathtub with the ankle bracelet. I know. If it wasn't for that ant, yeah. Right, that ant. That was a great ant. It was, it was a good one, yeah. He helped take over the lab with ghosts. Yep. I mean, no, the ants were very... Oh, the ants were very unsung heroes. The, the the ants we got some hero heroes there, too, yeah. <laughs> so, Scott went to the quantum realm, and just happened to bump into Janet the first time he went there like how did no. like how did Janet even find in all the quantum realm how did they bump into each other where she 
put the message, but it turned out to be the antenna in his head. What was that? Uh, yeah, we don't, in the first movie, we don't see any indication of them uh, meeting. Uh, we just get the he, him in the bathtub in what seems like a dream, and she's sending him these messages. And then she kind of takes over his body in a couple of points. And that was in the first? No, sorry. So so and this, and that's this one. Right. And, uh, you know, again, I think a little... A little plot device right? That there's going to be a connection between the two of them because I mean, of the quantum I guess realm. maybe the, the t- two people that only ever went to the quantum realm. Right, exactly, yes. And and Scott had been the only one, right, who, who had come back and survived until they started thinking, okay, maybe we can get Janet back too. But th- that gets me thinking a little bit about the whole thing with the quantum realm. Like, sh- she, when Janet is in Scott's body, says that time and space work differently there, so it's been 30 years, but then that got me thinking, well, maybe it hadn't really been 30 years for her. Maybe yeah, for her like, it was a couple of minutes. Like that, which is the kind of thing that happens all the time in movies, yes, right? exactly. But then they keep talking about how, like, oh, she must be so scared. She must be so lost, like 30 hungry, years. I and, would think. Yeah, hungry, right? You would think. And Hope is, is worried, you know, maybe she's not even going to, like, recognize, or, you know, right. not even. Is she going to be the same? Is she going to remember me? Yeah, and that was a sweet line, too, when, when Scott then from the perspective of a parent is like, well, when I was in jail, I would, you know, I would never forget, you know, my daughter, whatever. But anyway, but um, yeah, so I I thought it was a little surprising and like takes you out of it a little bit. I mean, here I am talking about taking out, none of it's realistic, right? So, (laughs) so what is it taking me out of? I don't really know. But like, just that she was um, so calm and cool and collected and heroic. Like you said, she just immediately go, I'm going to help this girl. I'm I'm back. How's it going? Like you know, she explains my hair's not, only a little bit messy. Right. Like I'm chilling, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. So <laughs> amazing actress. She also said that you know I am very different. You know, obviously yeah. it didn't seem like she was different, right? Because she knew everybody. The powers, she, but were, she's were like, new, I'm very but... different. This place changes you. Like that right. was that really kind of like I got a little goose pimply. Like, hmm. do you think that you were kind of led to believe too that she always thought they were, somebody was going to come get her? I don't know, right? She seemed like she had that amount of faith in, in her and her husband, right? Like at the time, her daughter was super little. There was no indication she'd grow up to do the same kind of stuff. But like, she wasn't kind of like, oh, hey, Hank, you're here. Oh my God, how like, are you right? There? Like she wasn't surprised. She wasn't kinda. surprised. She was. Like she was more nor like, was she mad. Like, what took you so long, right? But she was more like expecting him. Kind of. Yeah, and maybe that speaks to some of the strength and loyalty in their relationship because she was certainly very, you know, happy to be reunited with him. Um, And they they clearly worked very well together as a a team, as Ant-Man and the Wasp previously when they were disarming nuclear missiles and stuff like that. So where where did Hope get her ninja training and stuff? Because she wasn't really an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? No, so she, in the first movie, she's working for this company... That the guy who becomes Yellow Jacket, the villain in the first movie, she's working at the same company as him. But her dad was kind of like disgraced and none of them liked him. And she um, she then has some resentment with him even in the first movie because she was like, well, let me wear the Ant-Man suit. And then he gets Scott to do it. And she's like, why wouldn't you just let me do it? Um, but then, but then they have a heart to heart where he's like, "Hey, I lost your mom. I can't lose you. That's why I'm like, he, she, he's kind of like this idiot Scott is expendable to us. Kind of like it's a little mean, but but he's kind of like, you know, I didn't want it to be you because whatever. But anyway, we get the sense that she's none of them. <laughs> I don't know about the original Hank and Janet, but Hope and Scott, just as humans, are not particularly like trained in kung fu i don't think right but right. when but they get was, the suits she, all of a sudden there you know right but she she did some kind of training 
Because he mentions it like, oh, you showed me how to do that kick. Yes, that's true. She does training. Yeah. She must have had some training then. Because she was was also like a science tech person. But there must have been some detail (laughs) that she was also trained. Because even her dad, right? He was a science tech person, but he knew how to do all these things. So maybe they just all trained. Who knows? But uh, Because they'd have to. Even the first Ant-Man opens that Scott gets punched out in the prison. Like, he's not an athletic guy. So he's got to learn somewhere, (laughs) you know, how to do this. But it's, you know... And another yeah, another quote yeah. though, just to like kind of end that conversation, was when Hank goes in to get Janet, and he says to Hope, "In case I don't make it," and she said, "Don't say that, Dad. Mm-hmm. I can't lose you too." And you know, some love sure. you, jelly bean, whatever you know what you call it. That was another very warm and cushy, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. As we said, a lot of her mom, sweet family stuff. My my last question is this: Would you rather be an ant or a wasp? Okay. So initially, when you first asked this question or led me to believe that you'd be asking this question, I thought uh, character, you know, and my answer is wasp, no doubt. Um, like which, which character would you want to be? Which suit would I'd you want to be? I'd want to be the wasp. And I'll give you reasons in a minute. But then I started to think about what if you meant the, the real insect? Like, mm-hmm. do you want to be an ant or a wasp? And my answer is the same. I still want to be a wasp because while I'm afraid of heights, I feel that the uh, powers to be able to, you know, like fly from one spot to the next so quickly. Now, granted, you know, the Ant-Man character obviously made himself, you know, uh, do some wild things that are very, very intriguing and exciting. However, I still feel the Wasp, those powers and having that flying, whether it's the character or the insect, Mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. something that I'd want to, I would want to, um, to be if I had a choice. Cool. What about you? Well, if you're going to be a wasp, I'm going to say ant. Um, <laughs> just to be contrary, um, I want to be a flying ant. That, yeah, yeah. Right. Every time Ant Man had to kill somewhere, he, he took a flying ant. Um, That's pretty cool. But the advantage of the ants, it seemed like you had your army with you, right? You, yeah, you know, that's true. Like you were saying before. Like if you were Ant Man, you could control all the other ants. I, this right? is and, true. And you, so. This, this is true. And like you said, they're very helpful. Yeah, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I'd still rather um, be the wasp. I think... <laughs> or a wasp. In terms of being one of the insects, yeah, I mean, that could yeah, just be so cool, you're but... Flying, flying ant, you get the best thing. Yeah, I guess And in true. terms of the suits, like, the suits, like, his suit can get really, really big, yes, too, so exactly. that's cool. His powers were... But her suit also the has the, the blasters, mm-hmm. which he doesn't have. Yes. So it's like, you know, there's there's pros and cons to both, but... Yeah. So I got one more quote before we go. And the quote was, I think, I'll screw it up. It was like, who are you uh, and why are you here and how do you know so much about car wash protocol? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's so great because his delivery is so fast too. How do you know so much about car wash protocol, Louis? Right? Yeah, yeah, Louis, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. That was a good one. That was a real yeah. good one. <laughs> he was he was a really good character. I, yeah, hilarious. He, he was good to have around for sure, <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, thank you both for joining me today. Thank you so oh, much for having us. Time. This was a lot of fun, Tara. And, uh, you know, if, if you're interested, maybe we'll have a conversation again some sometime in the future. Uh, there sure. There is an Ant-Man 3 movie coming out at some point, oh, so we'll see where that goes. Maybe we'll get some more information on, on Janet and her new powers in that one. So uh, True, true. Very all true. right. Thanks thank again. You. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this conversation about Ant-Man and the Wasp, please consider leaving a rating and review. 
You can follow the podcast at anidea underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Artwork was designed by Brooke Pender, who you can follow on Instagram at bpenderillustrations. Music by Demeter Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp. Thank you for listening, and join me in a couple weeks for the first part of the podcast's multi-episode Avengers Endgame extravaganza.